What up, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 145 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Kathleen DePaulo. She's an international tax consultant and started the company Wanderers Wealth. She educates digital nomads like myself on ways to minimize your taxes. So for example, digital nomads are working in various locations around the world. Many are residents of other countries around the world and not of their home country. And much of their income, if not all of their income, is coming from foreigners. So how does one come up with a tax strategy that is going to best suit them, their business, and their lifestyle? Well, that's where Kathleen comes in. She has a degree in tax law from a university in Australia. And after a lot of years of hard work, school, and just trying to figure her own life out, she decided to dedicate this year to herself. 2019 was dedicated to herself. And she wandered out into the world, started traveling. And just through sheer circumstance and the network of people that she's encountered around the world, she realized she had a unique knowledge of international tax law that she could help a lot of digital nomads with their tax problems, if you will. So I was extremely excited to get her on the show and pick her brain. She's a very sharp 27-year-old doing what she wants and enjoying life to the fullest, You know, traveling to many different locations around the world. Just again, she says throughout the episode multiple times, I've dedicated this year to myself and I couldn't be happier with what I have created thus far, and I'm looking forward to you know, what's to come. She's hired a business coach, and she's just really taking full advantage of this newfound freedom and excitement for life, business, entrepreneurship, and location independence from the law office back in Australia. If you're a first-time listener, please pull out that phone and hit the subscribe button. If you are a repeat listener and you noticed that last week's episode, there was a little hiccup. It didn't get published until Wednesday. I am sorry about that. I was in the process of transitioning all of Misfits and Rejects past episodes onto my new website, misfitsandrejects.com, where you can now go see all episodes I've ever done. And Misfits and Rejects has its own location on the interweb. I originally brought out Misfits and Rejects as a blog page on my Surf Progression Techniques website. Obviously, Misfits and Rejects has grown into something that I'm very proud of, and it's growing exponentially every day. So it was time to really separate those two brands, give it, to, give it its own location and identity online. So last week, I had a little bit of technical difficulty with doing that. I apologize for that. Everything should be remedied, and you should be getting, without any hiccups thus far forward, all the episodes that are delivering hopefully that inspiration you need to step out onto the world and do something like Kathleen's doing, really dedicating a year, six months, three months, one month, one week, just to yourself to really go out, see what you like, see what you want, and then watch what can grow from that. It's incredible when you just take that first step out into the world and find yourself developing a business that you had never considered an option, but just through the network of people and being able to answer their questions, realizing that you have a special skill that a lot of people need just like Kathleen did. So this is a really cool episode packed with a lot of really interesting information as well as inspirational insights into life and adventure and wanderer's wealth. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Kathleen DePaulo. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. 
like quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I am joined back by Kathleen DePaulo. She is from Wanderers Wealth, somebody that I'm super intrigued by based on what she does. She's an international consultant, and she'll kind of describe what that means. Um, but it's just really interesting as I started discovering you know, the digital nomad community and the needs that they have making all their money abroad. Um, Kathleen's somebody who can kind of come in and, and really help those individuals understand what the laws are and, and help them make good decisions. So Kathleen, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So Kathleen is what, you're in Bali right now, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I'm in Uluwatu. Uluwatu. Yeah, beautiful wave out there at Uluwatu. Do you like to surf, Kathleen? I do love to surf, yes. Do you ride a longboard or a shortboard? Only longboards. <laughs> How big is your longboard? Uh, seven foot something. Nice. Are you uh, Are you pretty good on it? Can you get up every single time? Not every single time, no. Okay. And I definitely need to spend more time on the waves and less time on my computer. <laughs> yeah, but you're, yeah, it's kind of that balance that we're all uh, juggling as we're you know digital nomads. Because you've been what on the road full time now the last seven months. That's correct. Yes, I've been traveling since last November. Been to over twenty countries. Been to pretty much every single continent. And yeah, I'm just happy to be here in Bali, able to focus to get some work done. And you're making all of your money online. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm making all of my money online, which I never thought would be possible a year ago. But yeah, there's some great opportunities out there to make money online while on the road and while traveling. That's so cool. I know I'm so excited to kind of learn more about how you did it. Because you're what you're Swiss, you're Swiss by birth. So you were born more or less and raised in Switzerland. Is that correct? Yes, well, actually, I was born in Mexico, and then we moved to Switzerland because my dad's um, born and raised in Switzerland, but he's actually Italian. So grew up my whole life in Switzerland, and then the last five years I've spent in Australia. Okay, cool. Yeah, what was life growing up like for you? Were you traveling a lot with your family? Um, can you describe what that was like for you? Um, we did the odd trips around Europe, mostly to Italy, where a lot of um, my family lives. We did big trips back to Mexico every now and then because my mom's Mexican. Um, but other than that, didn't see much of the world. Um, it was only like when I got started with university that I decided that I wanted to see more of the world and and the big semester breaks definitely gave me an opportunity to save up some money and um, to go and explore the rest of the world. And I always combined those opportunities with volunteering. So I spent some time in Africa and in Vietnam and, yeah, I got the travel back. <laughs> what kind of volunteering were you doing? I was actually working in a microfinancing institution in Africa. Um, which is funny because I've always kind of had that link with finance and economics since the very start. And in Vietnam, I was mostly teaching English. So that's really interesting. I've never heard of anybody going and volunteering in a country for microfinance. Can you describe what that means and how that works? Um, yeah, so 
it's an organization basically who lends money to um, women in our case, because most in most of those countries, um, people struggle with getting a loan from the banks just because they obviously don't have a regular income or anything like that where um, they can pay the banks back uh, in a timely fashion. So the, those NGOs usually set up kind of a bank and they will lend the money to the women and help them with the projects, like almost be like a business coach and help them out with whatever it is that they're doing, whether they're like selling fruits or have a fish shop or whether they're doing jewelry and help them with growing their businesses so that they can back their loan, uh, pay back their loans in time. Wow, that's really cool. So then what was your role as a volunteer? So that NGO was mostly producing jewelries, and I was making sure to oversee that production and making sure that they were meeting um, the monthly production and the outcome that they were producing and the sales. Oh, really cool. Um, how many languages do you speak? I speak five languages. Can you name them um, for us? Yes. Um, so I grew up speaking Spanish initially because I was born in Mexico. And then we moved to Switzerland. So I learned Swiss German and German. And then with my dad's side of the family, because um, he's Italian, I learned Italian and went to Italian school. And then I decided to do my whole unit degree, undergraduate degree in French. So I'm fluent in French now. And then my postgraduate degree, I did it all in English. So English. Would you say that you have a knack for languages or do you work, <laughs> do you work hard at learning all these languages? Um, I feel like I was pretty fortunate to grow up in that international environment. So I've never really struggled with having to learn a language. Um, but I, yeah, this, I would love to learn another language um, now that I'm an adult because I feel like I've learned all of these languages before I really got too adulthood. Ooh, so you want the challenge is what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Definitely up for a challenge. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it with just your choice of study, because you were in Australia. I mean, you just described going to Australia to do your studies, which was in law, in law correct? That's correct, and yes. in English, which you were pretty proficient at at that point, I'm assuming? Yeah, pretty proficient. Um Definitely, uni degree adds a whole new level of language to your vocabulary because you learn all of those specific words that you would never really use in daily language. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, what was the hardest word that you came across? Do you have like a handful that you're like, I can't pronounce that because it's just such an abstract law term or something like that? Honestly, not so much in English. I was fine in English. It was more so in French. Like that first year at uni just kind of killed me. I had to learn the whole French vocabulary and it was, I did my undergraduate in international relations. So it was all theory based and it's an arts degree. So yeah, it's all up in the clouds. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, you described pre-show that you kind of came from a family of intellectuals. What did your mom and dad do? Um, my dad is a mechanical engineer in Switzerland, and my mom used to be a psychologist in Mexico. But once we moved over to Switzerland, she 
decided to just focus to raise me, basically. Are you an only child? Um, no, I um, have a little sister, but we got nine years apart. Okay. So I basically, yeah, grew up a bit like a little child till I was 10 years old. I see. Because, yeah, you're, what, 27 now? Yeah, I'm 27 now. So when you moved to Australia to study law, what was your ultimate goal? I mean, what kind of law were you studying? And obviously, we, what, yeah, what was the ultimate goal when you became a lawyer in Australia? So I initially moved to Australia because I got a job at the Swiss embassy straight out of uni. So I lived for one year in Canberra and um, was really into politics and economics. And I did that for a year. And after a year, I knew that I was going to continue with my studies. And for some reason, my head had just told me that I wanted to be a lawyer because that. That was for me the way that I saw that I could impact people um, the, in the most direct way and help them in the most direct way. And then once I had decided that I wanted to become a lawyer, I was looking into all sorts of laws. And I just realized that I didn't want to go back to Switzerland to do a law degree there. First of all, it would take me like another five years <laughs> But then I also wanted to be able to practice internationally just because I had that international profile. So I decided that I wanted to study in a common law country and because I was already in Australia and I've always been in love with Australia. The beaches and the surf just gets me. I decided to stay there and do my studies there. I never had intended to do tax law. It's something that I completely fell into. But, yeah, initially just did it because I wanted to be a lawyer and help people. Now, when you say common law country, what does that mean? Um, so there's two distinct uh, areas. There's civil law countries and common law countries. Most European countries are based on the civil law. And the U.S., U.K., Australia and Canada are common law countries. And their system is more based on um, previous case law. So whatever was determined before in a case um, is applicable to the future, whereas civil law countries such as Switzerland and most European countries are really just based on what's written in the law. So there's not much room for interpretation. So you have to know all the single laws. And so was that a deterrent for you? You didn't want to have to learn every single law? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Not really. It was mostly just knowing that um, like Swiss law is so different from French law that I wouldn't be able to practice internationally. And that was the goal. You want to be able to practice internationally, it sounds like. Exactly, yeah. Okay, cool. So then, yeah, let's kind of just take us through. So you did, what, five years in Australia as a tax lawyer, correct? Um, I was studying in Australia. My degree went for about three years and then I had legal practice. Yeah. So all up, I've been in Australia for around five years. So yeah, two years and yeah. you were a full-blown tax lawyer. Is that After, yeah, three years. Okay. And so what, what made you decide to give it all up and hit the road? <laughs> it wasn't such a hard decision, to be honest. I was just, um, I think I just hit the point where 
I realized like I had done all these studies. I had always been working next to my studies more than I was allowed to. <laughs> um, during the holidays, I was always working full time, that is at a law firm. And I just realized that I needed some time for myself and that I'd always just work towards a goal. And now that I was kind of hitting that goal, I realized I just had to go internally and ask myself, what do I want now? Like, what, where do I want to go? And then I left um, last year in May on a trip to Sri Lanka. And I had kind of deprived myself of, of traveling while I had been in Australia. And that just reignited that travel bug again in me. And when I came back home, I called my parents and I told them, you know, I've made it. I'm a lawyer. I've been practicing at law firms all this time. And now I just want time for myself. When I told them I'll book a one-way ticket to Thailand where we were going to spend Christmas together and what do you guys think? <laughs> and surprisingly, they were really happy that I made that decision that I wanted to take basically my gap year that I'd never had before throughout the seven years of studying and just do what I loved the most, which was traveling. Wow, that must have been a relief. Were you kind of nervous when you told them? Cause... Oh, so nervous. Yeah, yeah. I was sweating. And, and this was via phone call. So And my mom was sitting in Switzerland. <laughs> I mean, that's really cool, though, that you had the courage to do that and even cooler for your parents to be so supportive of you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where uh, were you guys going to meet in Thailand for Christmas? We were going to meet up in Bangkok. And yeah, we hadn't done many plans at that point yet because they booked their holiday like nine months in advance, which I would never do. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, because I, I was in Thailand for Christmas. I was up in Chiang Mai. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we went there as well. Yeah, such yeah. a good spot. So cool. So then, yeah, talk to talk us through then, you know, as you started your travels, you got that one way to Thailand. How did um, Wanderer's Wealth kind of become a thing for you? So, um, yeah, once I made that decision, I feel like the whole universe just worked into making it possible for me to travel. And then at in August, I went to Bali on a holiday and then I met my partner who's a travel photographer and travel blogger. And yeah, we hit it off right away. And he was like, well, if that's your plan for next year, um, let's go and travel together. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. And that's kind of when I got into that whole photography Instagram game, which I never really heard of before or yeah, it was the first time that I really got into that whole um, social media marketing game. Well, tell, and well, tell us what that is, because I mean, I, I don't even know exactly what you're describing. I, I see it, but what does that mean, the, uh, the Instagram photography game? So um, it's basically being able to travel full time while most of your expenses are being paid and you produce um, marketing material for whether that be hotels, travel tour companies, um, brands, any kind of thing that relates to you and to your personal brand. So yeah, I kind of had to like set my Instagram Instagram game up a lot 
and build like my own brand and um, be able to offer a company something along the way. Well, this is really interesting because I I guess I never really knew. I mean, I see these people and I feel like they're all pretending to be like, oh, we live in the dream on the beach and like Instagram. But like, so there's an actual like thing that people do. They go out, they set their Instagram up to make it look super badass and then they reach out to all these what hotels and, and restaurants and stuff, which in exchange for like a photo on your Instagram, they give you a free accommodation and food. Is that kind of what I understand? <laughs> well, it, that's very simplified, but it takes way longer. Like I had to build up this whole brand over a couple of months. Um, it didn't just come from somewhere, like all these followers and all the numbers. And um, I feel like the market is kind of saturated. As you said, like you see all these people on Instagram and mostly like travel couples who want to like travel the a world full time and offer companies all of these things but yeah you kind of have to stand out and um and what our strength was i think was also mostly my partner's travel blog so because that's like some real numbers that you can't fake because yeah there's a lot of um as you say like fakeness and pretentious stuff going on on instagram but it's I I like never had seen it that way how much value you can actually bring to a company because instead of them having to hire a photographer or whatnot you basically go there and do all of the work for them like it would be photography videography and even a blog or something like that and they'll be able to you should use it on all of their socials which has a tremendous power. Plus, if you've got um, quite of an audience, you're able to advertise for them as well. So I see now. So you like are curating a visual package for them. It's not like you're just going in and exactly. putting it on your Instagram. You're, no, you're no. going in and, and creating their own sort of social media presence and giving them all the content. Yeah, and we'll definitely also like look, you know, what is their profile like? Who do they want to appear to look like? What is their style? Can we make it fit like with ours and stuff like that? So Okay, I've, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. I get that. I, I met a lot of people doing that who make, you know, a good living doing that. Is that something that you started making decent money with? Um, I don't know. It was kind of a zero game. Because a lot of times, like, we'd had flights included. And so, yeah, it paid for itself. Like, we, and sometimes instead of getting paid, we would just get free accommodation. Yeah. And is you, was your boyfriend, like, prior to meeting you, was he like a full time blogger, traveler, making a good living doing what he does? He was already doing that, yeah, prior to when he met me, but he, never really traveled full-time the way we did it in the last seven months so he'd been mostly based out of bali or australia and been doing trips from there and then coming back to bali spending a couple of months here and then going back out nice and then and then wanderer's wealth started to creep into the picture and can you describe to the audience what that is and and how it came about yes so um, once I came to Bali and had made that decision that I was going to travel um, for the next year or just take the next year off, I we started hanging out with other people here in Bali and a lot of them are obviously digital nomads. 
and we would go on random dinner with people we'd never met before and somehow people would just start talking about their taxes which is really unusual and I started listening to them and then at one point I just had to say at the dinner table like look I I think I can help you like I've already got a strategy in my mind um that I could present to you if you want and yeah that happened like three times on different occasions and then out of there I started thinking and that's when Wanderer's Wealth basically was created that I just thought you know what I can help out all these people that are earning their money from everywhere on in the world from the laptops figuring out where they have to pay their taxes so that's where the initial idea came from and now it's become something much bigger um, where I help setting up structures and figuring out where to pay taxes and I'm also involved like in a big network of other people who've been doing this and who I'm able to tap into their networks of accountants and work together with them. That's so interesting because, yeah, we had Andrew Henderson on, you know, who does Nomad Capitalist, and he does something similar. We talked a little bit pre-show where he's kind of doing something different from you, but it's encapsulated more or less in the same thing, which is, yeah, helping people sort of strategize because they're making money in just so many different countries and receiving money from different countries. And like, that's got to be a nightmare on where do you pay taxes and how do you, you know, make it good with the government? So do you find that there's kind of one common strategy that you use a lot, or is it really so individually based on the person's situation that you're always just trying to help them customize their situation? Yeah, I would love to have a one solution for everyone. It would make my job much easier, but also it would make it more boring. I get such a hype out of, you know, all the possibilities that we have. Whenever I have a client call and I hang up, I'm like, I'm so excited of all the possibilities that are out there and that I get to like design now and create, which is really nerdy, I know. But um, yeah, I really, it's so individual. Um, you have to look at where are people making their money from? Is it e-commerce? Is it, um, you know, photography? Is it, um, I don't know, e-books? So many different things where you can make money online and then see like where are most of their clients based? Where are they based? Where is their citizenship? It's so many factors that come in. Yeah, I'd love to nerd out with you on this because this is something I'm really interested in and I'd like to at some point even maybe hire you for my own situation. But, you know, it's like talking to Andrew, like he's always what I even saw on your website, Flag Theory. Can you talk to the audience about what Flag Theory is? Um, yeah, so Flag Theory is basically designed as a strategy of where to set up your different flags. And you're based off setting off your flags or like um, just, we can just talk about your eggs into different baskets. So you set up your um, residency somewhere, you set up your company somewhere else and you set up your bank accounts in another place. And that's basically aimed for um, asset protections and making sure that you're not basing all your eggs in one basket where the where it's easiest for your government to find you. 
basically. That's the simplified version of it. Um, and this is all legal, though. I mean, you're not doing anything like super shady. This is all very legal and just structured in the way that they're like more or less loopholes. Is that what I understand? Yeah, this is all legal. And it's not not even loopholes. It's just like what countries offer. Like, and policies change all the time and countries are all the time reducing even just corporate taxes to depending on who is in power, you know. So you're basically just taking advantage of what country is offering you the best thing at this moment in time. And then what you can change as the country's uh, policies change as well. Is that kind of what you're saying? No, once you're set up, um, I wouldn't rec- I wouldn't recommend people to change. But like, if you haven't set a strategy in place right now, we can look at you know who's the most competitive right now. Is it Estonia, who's come up with e-residency that didn't even exist ten years ago, or is it Labuan, who didn't even really exist as a business place ten years ago? So it's more looking. Right now, what's going on? Where can I take the, the most benefit from the current policies in place and use it to my benefit? Whether that be to host me in a country or whether that be to set up a company in one country or having a bank account. Mm-hmm. Where's Labuan? I don't know if I've ever heard Malaysia. Of oh, it's yeah. Malaysia. Malaysia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, just connecting with all digital nomads recently in Thailand, everyone's talking about Georgia, 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 set your company up in Georgia, uh, Tbilisi, Georgia, because they have like, it's like kind of like a tax haven or not a tax haven, but a, a place where as a resident, you don't get taxed on foreign income or something like that. Therefore, you're, you're tax exempt almost because most digital nomads are making their their income foreign. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's funny how in the digital nomad, there's always this trendy waves that come up so for a couple of months it'd be estonia that everyone's talking about and then it's georgia and then it yeah but it's really like i can't point to one place and say yeah that's the perfect place you and you who do two completely different things online should set up in georgia you know you really have to look at your individual situation and now how like relevant is your income in the sense of like how much you make, because I know like Andrew's only working with people who make a a significant amount of money. You work with more or less anybody. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, My vision when I wanted to become a lawyer was definitely that I wanted to help people and that's still my goal. So I take on pretty much everyone. Um, very much like my partner always says like we should charge more you way more worth but I just think I want to be able to help whoever has sleepless nights because I know that honestly tax is something that people are scared of they're scared of approaching you know big accounting firms scared of meeting people that come dressed up in suits so the feedback I've heard is just like, oh, you know, you're so approachable. I never thought I'd find someone like you who does this kind of thing and who can take care of it and just kind of a relief because um, I'll, I'll talk to accountants, but like I'm used to that. I used to work in that environment. I'm not really intimidated by any of the big firms or I'll do that um, for my clients and yeah, I'll well, I just want to help out people figure out like where they need to pay and, you know, 
And I also want to push people to like take action and figure out what they need to do and not wait till, you know, they're confronted with their tax authorities from back home with a huge tax bill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You alluded to having this network of people that you can like tap into and utilize. Can you describe that and what that means? Yeah, so I very early on um, when I decided that I wanted to create Wonder as well, I started to look into who else was doing this and I found quite a few companies that were doing it, have been doing this for 10, 15 years. So I reached out to them and basically pitched to them as like, this is my business idea. I've got a huge network just even through the Instagram and being all the time in digital nomad places and reached out to them and they were very welcoming, very approachable. And so I've been able to set up um, partnerships with them where I'm able to contact them basically at any time that I want, have um, Skype calls and uh, run my strategies past them. And they'll tell me like, yep, this is a great idea or nope, I should, I think you should consider something else, you know, just kind of a, professional exchange of ideas and then also tap into their networks that they've established with um, accountants in the locations that I need them to be or people that set up companies in certain countries that they've already worked with. So yeah, I couldn't do what I'm doing right now without having established that network first. That's interesting to me. What's in it for them? Like to help you are you are you giving them a cut of you know what you're receiving from your client like why why would they want to yeah so it's yeah it's um different every time sometimes it's a cut sometimes i'll be like like when i was traveling full-time i'll be like no i'm too busy right now i can't promise you to have it set up in the next three days so i'll pass it on it's a referral game i see i see yeah and it's just a i also think it's like a long-term um partnership that we just both want to keep going and um in the long run also like have um seminars and workshops together which i'm actually at the end of this month i'm going to singapore um with one of my other networking partners who i'm holding a seminar together in singapore a a seminar for digital nomads to come listen to basically your pitch is that what you're saying uh, no, a seminar uh, which will be about tax strategies for digital nomads. Oh, okay. So you're going to... Yeah. Make... So basically just um, tell them whatever I know, my knowledge, and there will be a bit of Q&A if people have questions, and I'm just going to be there to answer. Is it a paid seminar? Like, do people have to pay to come listen? No, it's for free. Wow. Look at you. Just so giving. <laughs> Um, I mean, you make enough, obviously, to sustain this lifestyle. Like, you're not rushing back to Australia to get a, a job as a lawyer anytime soon. Is that correct? That's very correct. Yeah, that's honestly, yeah. I was talking to my business coach, and I just said, you know, my number one goal is to be able to continue what I'm doing now, um, just traveling and working online and continuing this lifestyle and never having to work out of an office again. <laughs> Oh, I'm so jealous that you've, you're able to sustain it. Um, this business coach of yours, what's that all about? And why did you get a business coach? 
Um, I got a business coach because I felt like I was overwhelmed with all the possibilities of um, that were possible within my business. And because I'm all doing this basically all by myself, or like Wanderers Wealth is a one-man company, um, I just wanted to have a bit of guidance, you know, where should I focus right now on should I focus on building my blog on my website should I focus on building up like an Instagram Facebook um, writing ebooks workshops and seminars you know there's so many possibilities out there so I needed to have a bit of a strategy around me and someone to guide me how did you find this business coach um, online and just reached out actually through Instagram. <laughs> Bullshit. Really? You just found some random person that claims to be a business coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I've been following this chick for a while. So yeah, I reached out to her and then yeah, got talking. Do you mind me asking uh, her name? Can we give her a plug on the podcast? Like who is this business coach? What's her name? Um, I'd rather not. Okay. You're going to keep her to yourself. What about people who need help? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's fair. Um, I do want to ask a few more questions about the business coach because I've also seeked out help from business coaches and um, never actually pulled the trigger on getting one. Uh, they're obviously some, I'm assuming yours is probably pretty expensive. They usually always are. They they kind of use that monetary sort of number to encourage you to do whatever they tell you to do because you're paying them so much money. But well, that's the thing. I was doing it um, for like 14 days. It was like five sessions and it was just a deal. So I haven't actually hired her for the next three months. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Was she ever living in Bali? No, no, Australia. Okay. okay. Yeah. There's another business coach who lives in Bali that I was connected with through uh, our network in Nicaragua. But anyways, beside the point. So when you did go through those sessions with her, what was her sort of approach to your situation? Did she said, you got to focus only on what? Like not um, Instagram, not YouTube, like building courses. What'd she say? Like, what was the conclusion? <laughs> it's funny because they actually never really come up with the solution. You come up with the solution. So business coach will incentivize you to bring out of yourself where your priorities lie. So she would just, you know, tell me, like, where do you see yourself in three months? And where do you, you have to visualize yourself? And what have you achieved? And, um, and yeah, I came up myself with the solution of, like, focusing on ebooks for the rest of the year and getting more clients in. Because for... Like Wanderers Wealth has been running only on a referral basis. I have never really advertised or anything like that. So for me, now being in Bali and having basically a full-time job now with Wanderers Wealth, um, I have the time to advertise, whereas before I, there was no way I would ever be able to advertise. So yeah, those were the two priorities for me that I determined. I love it. I mean, I'm a huge fan of coaching. I, I would, I'm definitely at some point going to get myself one, but it's still, it's one of those like, oh, hard pills to swallow. Cause like, for example, I had JP Morgan on who is a life coach, business coach, whatever you want to call it, um, who has one for himself. And he was very open about it. He's paying this guy $200,000 upfront 
to be with this guy for one year. And he has to fly once a week to Arizona to meet with his business coach. And it's like, that is so gnarly. But I mean, he's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Like my life and everything else has changed so much through spiritually, financially, everything. It's like, I'm, he's, he's going to do it again next year and the year after. I don't know how long he's going to sustain it. But I mean, wow, dude, that's that's really cool that you found somebody that you connect with that helped you kind of pinpoint where yeah, you need to focus your it was, attention. It was, yeah, definitely life-changing for me as well. Like I just saw all those opportunities in front of me and was so excited by it all. But at the same time, I was so confused by it all because I look every day I didn't know where to start because there was so much to do. Um, and then, yeah, I, she just brought in clarity and, you know, like some, having someone watching everything from the outside helps you so much. Yeah. And especially also, um, the work with visualization and seeing like where you actually want to be in like three months, six months time and what's going to bring you there. Mm -hmm. That's so helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned that you've kind of also discovered a path of like mindfulness yoga throughout this last seven months. Was that something you had not been interested in prior to this whole seven month sort of coming out of your shell from being a lawyer in Australia? <laughs> um, it's something I've always kind of been interested in, um, but not to the extent that I'm invested in now. So before that I would always listen to podcasts and just be inspired by that you know like when I had my nine to five job I would make sure that I'd go for a run in the mornings and listen to a podcast so that I had some time to myself but now I'm so much more invested into it and just uh, and it because I've decided that it was going to be the year for myself where I focused on myself um I wanted to not only, not only like look after me financially, but also physically and mentally. So I started doing yoga, which I never really loved before. I was always, you know, one of the persons who needed to work out and sweat and feel like completely worn out um, to be able to say I feel physically good. But yeah, I just got into yoga, started doing it every day. And I think because I was moving around so much, um, yoga was the one and only constant every day. Um, I would wake up every third night in a different place, somewhere different in the world, but I would just be doing yoga all the time. And I would doing it, I would be doing it mostly like through, um, YouTube and, then I also started journaling, um, reading book about mindfulness, and yeah, now I just got like this whole um, routine that I basically do every morning, and it just has changed my life so much. Wow! Do you want to um, tell the audience what YouTube channel you learned this routine from? Um, I started with Boho Beautiful. She's um yeah, I really like her. She's pretty inspiring. But now I also do Maddie Morrison. She's German speaking though. Um and sometimes I even use the Nike training app. Yeah, depending on how I feel. Okay. And then the mindful books that you kind of got a lot from. Do you want to tell the audience about those? What the titles were? Uh yeah, one of them was the Celestine Prophecy. Um, not sure if you've heard about that, but yeah, about yeah. And then the other one was the magic. 
And yeah, <laughs> it's it's like a practice that runs for 28 days, which I've done. And the practices incorporate things like every day you wake up and write down 10 things that you're grateful for. And every day there's something new that's added to that and something new that's focused on like one day you'll focus on finances another day on friendships another day on relationships and it, if you do that for 28 days it just changes your whole mindset and for me now it's so easy to continue with all of those practices and obviously the end goal like is to attract better good so yeah no, I, I love it That's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you you in, uh, alluded to you might be hosting a retreat, like a, a yoga sort of surf mindfulness retreat. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I've been in talks. It's funny, once you get into that space, and especially with traveling and having this digital nomad community around, you meet so many interesting people. And um, yeah, I've met this one girl who's one of the greatest yoga teachers I've ever met. And we've been talking about hosting a retreat next year um, that will incorporate yoga, mindfulness, and surf. Nice. Yeah, we have to talk uh, post-show about that because I have so many clients in Australia who want me to come to Indonesia and do a surf retreat and be fun to maybe partner up with something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. See, it's a great network out there. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful. And yeah, I'm super inspired to hear your story. This is so cool because, I mean, you, you, it sounds like you obviously worked very hard. Did you build your own website or did you hire somebody to do that for you? Uh, um, I did most of it with the help of my partner. So, yeah, he has his travel blog and he taught me everything. Like, I couldn't have done it with it without him. Okay. Um, I mean, you're young still, you're 27. Do you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you ever think that far ahead? Or are you not there yet? Oh God, no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> 10 years is a long time. But I mean, do you have aspirations to have children and like settle down someplace or is this kind of the lifestyle you want to sustain? Um, yeah, I love children. I'm in love with children. I'm not ready for children yet. I don't think until, I don't know, I don't want to see the time frame, but. I want to have children later in life and be able to, you know, provide them the best life I can. But for now, I really just want to be, it's the year that I decided to focus on myself. So I just want to be a bit selfish, you know, and continue with my travels and focus on the stuff that I love and being able to give back to people. And yeah, I'll keep doing this as long as I can for now. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so stoked. I you. definitely um, want to have a bit more of a home base. So I feel like the Gold Coast Australia is my home. And to be able to go back there as much as possible is important to me because I've also got my support network there. Like all of my best friends live there and I miss them every now and then. But yeah, I love living out of my backpack and traveling around as much as I can. Is your partner from the Gold Coast? Yes, he is. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, it's such a pleasure talking to you. So Wanderer's Wealth is where the audience could find you if they need to ask questions about taxes or strategies to sort of help themselves uh, minimize, I guess you will, their, their, tax, their taxes. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, anyone who's really 
struggling with finding out where they need to pay the taxes, um, who they owe money to, or even if you're starting to get quite some income and you're still uh, earning everything in your personal name, I would highly recommend to start thinking about setting up a company. And if you're earning your money online, um, start thinking of setting up a company internationally, offshore, as well as a bank account. Yeah. Beautiful. And then do you have a name for your possible retreats in the future that you want to Not yet. No? no? Okay. It's a secret. No. Got if, you've got any, if you've got any suggestions, I'm open to hear you. Uh, off the top of my head, no. But yeah, like I said, we should talk post-show about that. Um, if you could speak to one audience member, male, female, who wants to get out there and do something similar to you, what would you tell them to kind of inspire them to take that first step? Oh, to just go and do it. Like, And if you're not happy where you're at right now with like I know there's so many people um, who are like sitting in the office and not really enjoying their life as much as there would be potential to enjoy it I definitely say to like just do it you know don't think too much about it don't think don't worry too much is the biggest thing um, the way will present itself while you're on it Ooh, nice closer. The wave will present itself while you're on it. Is that what you said? Yeah. Beautifully said. Thank you, Kathleen, for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, Kathleen. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. I was so inspired and psyched just to hear how you went out in the world and discovered kind of what you were really meant to do. And now you're shaping your life around travel, the things you love the most and helping people, which is awesome. I think much more fulfilling than being a law office back in Australia. If you would like to check out my new website, misfitsandrejects.com, I've added a link in the show notes below. I also have t-shirts for sale if anyone's interested in Misfits and Rejects t-shirt. You have the option of getting a big Misfits and Rejects logo on the front of your t-shirt or tank, or you can get a small one over your heart, whatever you're most interested in. I would be honored if you wore one. Again, they're super comfortable and I think they're pretty cool. So check them out in the link below. Thank you so much for joining me. I think you all are so very, very beautiful. I hope Kathleen's story and the stories I've done in the past and the stories I do in the future inspire you to take that first step out. And like Kathleen says, just go for it. You can always go back to your life in the way it was. But by getting out there and trying something new, something that you never, ever considered could come of it. Just like Kathleen's story and finding out she had the knowledge to help all these international digital nomads, location-independent workers with tax strategy and helping them come up with a legal way to minimize their taxes and invest more of their dollars where they want. So thank you again for listening. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll see you Monday. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation where you're at and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings and try something new to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.